Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back into another edition of the so-called Fantasy Experts Fantasy Football Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Uh, tonight, we are halfway through the season, basically. We're between week eight and week nine. So I figured time to take stock of how everybody's teams are doing. And with all the actual injuries and, you know, quarterbacks playing crappy and running backs just completely bombing out. Thank you very much, C.J. Anderson. Uh, most of my my season-long teams not doing so great. But thanks to the man on the phone's uh, advice, I'm doing pretty nicely in some daily fantasy. So I figured why not bring uh, our resident daily fantasy guru, Levi, back on the podcast. Levi, how are you doing? Hey, uh, all things considered, after last week's uh, bloodbath, I'm doing all right. Yeah. See, I I even sat last week out just because I it was like I didn't have a good feel for it, so I'm happy about that. But um, why don't you, before we get into it, shout out your Twitter name because I'm sure after this people will have questions. So uh, give them that so they can, you know, find a way to reach you. Yeah, sure. Uh, Twitter handle is at the Levi Surf. That's T H E L E V I S E R F. And that's only if you're doing well in daily. If you're not, just look up for Matthew Barry and you can give him a follow. So, <laughs> Yeah, only only talk to Levi when things go well. Yeah, um, I don't want to hear about your problems. <laughs> so how have uh, you been doing so far this year? Overall, like you said last week, you've been doing pretty good. Have uh, has it been a, Obviously, it's been probably a somewhat difficult season. But uh, what are what are your impressions halfway through the year on the uh, D, in the DFS world? Well, football, you know, football is weird because it, I find it more challenging. And it's not that it's it's hard, but there's more information out there, and the contests are three, four, five, sometimes six times of what baseball is. So you really have to be careful on game selection and who you pick, and you know, I shouldn't say who you pick, but what games you pick. So. You know, overall, I'm doing okay. Um, trying a lot more to stay out of high entry tournaments, but once again, with football, and you really can't. So, is uh, when, what is your your preferred game of the of the moment? Um, right now, I like to play, and it kind of goes under the radar. But right now, I like to play one to three man league, um, and you can set you know you set those up. But the thing is, is you're only playing two people, and there are some that. They pay the top top two, which I don't really look for those, but I you know I like the ones that pay the top one. So you really lessen your odds and you know of playing these massive prize pools. But uh, I like playing those just because sometimes uh, you got guys that kind of take each other out, and then you're just sitting there by yourself. So, so I kind of like those. I would have never thought of those. I mean, I've been sticking to the uh, you know the fifty fifties. Pretty low, low money because I can. I figure I can get that in that, uh, you know, top half or, or get close to it. So I've never, uh, right. I've never had too much. Tr- I've never, I don't think I've had a week so far where I've been like in 99th place out of 100. Um, but then again, I, I tend to have a few basic strategies I stick to. I tend to go high money quarterback and pass catching running backs, which has worked out really well for me this year because the high-money running backs have either got hurt or just have not played well, um, unless your name's Todd Gurley. But uh, how 
how has the running back crop affected you? Who do you who you go for most times? Because like I, Dion uh, Lewis and Danny Woodhead have been money makers for me uh, all season. Yeah, you know, I'm one of those guys that uh, I don't want to say I'm a hipster, but I really don't like to latch on to the Danny Woodhead because it's so inconsistent. Yeah. When it hits, like when they played Oakland two weeks ago, guy had nothing until they were down by, I don't know, what was it, 23 at halftime, and all of a sudden, you know, garbage time production comes in, and next thing you know, he's one of the top running backs of the week. So, you know, and then you had Melvin Gordon this week just absolutely – well, as far as San Diego is concerned, crush it for them. And then mm-hmm. didn't do much. So I, I try, to, try to stay away from that stuff. But, you know, a guy that I'm going to be all over this week, and it's just basically salary and the matchup's nice, is Darren McFadden. I mean, he's, the price, is, uh, I think, is at 41 or $4,300. I mean, the guys, the touches that that guy's getting, playing the Eagles, base is going to be quick. He's one guy I like this week, just cheap salary and pretty easy to get in there. That's interesting to me that they haven't, um, you know, increased his value or his salary to pay with the whole Joseph Randall thing with him getting, you know, I believe he got cut actually yesterday. Um, yeah. But like that whole thing with the falling out and he didn't really play too much last week. I would have thought they would have pumped it up. So that's, that's a really great deal. Um who would you say has been your main – I mean, I know you probably don't use the same guys every week because it's based on value, obviously. Was there anybody, mm-hmm. like any running back, that you kind of go go back to the well when you're like, eh, you know, I trust Todd Gurley or I trust, uh, I don't know, Matt Forte before he got hurt? Anything uh, – any usual yeah, suspect? Yeah, for me, it's Devonta Freeman. Every every single week, I'll, pl- I'll put him in this week, and I know they go to San Francisco, and I don't really particularly care for Atlanta on the road a lot. Um, look no further than the Tennessee game, but I just think with the 49ers being uh, in general disarray with Professor Chaos at the helm there, they're going to be uh, – I think the Falcons are going to run wild on them. I, I don't think it's a Julio game. I think it's shaping up to be more, hey, let's just run the rock. We've got a bye coming up. We're traveling across the country. Let's get out of here. Hmm. That's interesting because Freeman's had a few few down weeks, but I think that sort of what you said with the uh, – they haven't been great on the road. And uh, I probably well, the, the still... down weeks for him. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt there, but the down no, weeks no, for ahead. him are no. T- I mean, he just hasn't scored a touchdown in two weeks. The well, yeah, that's that's what I was. Yards have been there. That's what the I was. Catches uh, have been there. It's just no touchdown. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, you know, he's, he's still put up yards, but you know, just in my mind, I'm so used to seeing those those three that three week stretch where he scored eight touchdowns. It's like uh, mm-hmm. I kind of got used to that. It's like oh, <clears throat> yeah. Once you start falling in love with uh, or seeing those stats, you're going to fall in love with them. Um, all right. And then quarterback has been kind of a weird position, too. Um, some of the bigger names, obviously, Roethlisberger got hurt. Uh, Peyton Manning has not been good. Who uh, Drew Brees has been up and down. Tony Romo was hurt. How have you been approaching that? Have you just been going Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady every week? Or um, have you been rolling the dice with Blake Bortles? You know, once again, I'm one of those guys that just want, I will refuse to buy into the Jaguar party. I don't know why I just refuse to buy in it, and it's it's bit me in the uh, ass a little bit here. But I I just won't do it. I've been I've been going balling on a budget. You know, like this week, love love Jay Cutler, love Derek Carr, and love uh, Tyrod Taylor, all like 5,500 or under. I mean, especially Jay Cutler, the matchup is 
pristine against San Diego this week. But usually it's I've had to take a little reverse philosophy on the quarterbacks and just go, um, you know, on a budget. You know, look at Phillip Rivers, still not over seven grand this week, and every week guys is throwing up massive numbers. Yeah, I think he's throwing. He throws like fifty, sixty passes a week, and they have no they have no running game. Like you said, Gordon, you know, put up numbers for them last week, but he only had fifty yards rushing, which is impressive right. for him because he's been terrible. But it's not like he ran for one hundred and thirty, one hundred and forty yards. Um, so Phil Rivers definitely. So why why are you on the uh, Derek Carr bandwagon and not Blake Bortles? Is it just you know having Amari Cooper out there just to throw to? Yeah. Well, for me, it's probably more so home cooking. As as I mentioned, I'm a Raiders fan, so there's probably some home cooking going on in there. <laughs> but uh, the I you know I just I don't know what it is about Jacksonville. Well, I know what it is. Their their offensive coordinator is Greg Olson, and once again, back to the Raiders. He was their OC last year in Oakland. I know what the guy does for a living. He just throws those little short passes in hopes that it all works out in the end. But uh, I I don't know. I just I just have a hard time getting behind those guys, and I don't know if it. You know, and I don't know what it is. I just I just have a hard time rostering them. I mean, I I sort of agree with you there. I would definitely, if I had to choose between Carr and Bortles, I'm I'm going Carr. I just from watching some of these games, I feel like Carr has the ability to get out in front uh, and put up big numbers. While Bortles, I feel like a lot of his numbers come out come in shootouts against not great teams. Um, I don't have a ton right. of numbers to back this up. But it just seems like, you know, when he's putting up big numbers, the other team's putting up numbers, so they, they need to throw the ball constantly. Well, like with the in the Jets game, when Derek Carr last week, they came out, they just smacked the Jets around in the first half. Uh, so it mm-hmm. wasn't like Carr was throwing every possession and try to come back. Like, sort of like Phillip Rivers' numbers that kind of can be a little hollow. Not that we care about hollow numbers in fantasy. But right. I can definitely agree with the Derek Carr. And Derek Carr just, I mean – with him and Cooper, it looks it looks pretty good. And then just saying like, "Oh, I believe in Jacksonville." That's mentally, that's something I haven't been able to get over because I know they haven't been good in a decade. And not to say the Raiders have been good, right? But uh, I don't know. Carr at least looked promising last year, where Bortles looked like a train wreck. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so we've talked about running back and quarterback, and you're not spending money there. So where? I assume you're spending it on uh, receivers, or are you spending big on kickers? Is that where your money's going? <laughs> yeah, if only uh, only uh, DK had kickers. Uh, on FanDuel and both DraftKings, I well, I shouldn't say DraftKings, but on FanDuel, I always take the table minimum on the kicker. So Andrew Franks, you, it's your lucky week, you know. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I do spend up on receivers, um, especially you know DraftKings is a full point PPR versus a half on FanDuel. Um, so uh, yeah, it's usually, you know this week I'm going to be heavily. I've got to figure it out where I'll be able to get uh, Julio and Odell Beckham in this week. So I, I think that's going to be great. Odell Beckham against Tampa Bay, and we saw what Julio did last week. So I expect more of the same from Odell. He's my he's my number one stunner at wide receiver this week. So. You don't feel that there's any chance of a uh, not a letdown, but now that he's Odell scored those three touchdowns last week, you don't think. Tampa's just going to swarm him this week? Or do you think maybe they just yeah. can't swarm him if they even wanted to? I'm with you. I don't think they can swarm him. I mean, who does Justin Hardy scare you? Uh, does does Gladdy uh, White scare you? Uh, not me. I mean, that's, that's all they had last week is Julio. And, you know, I, I think Julio's a better receiver than Odell, but, I mean, we're at the same situation again this week. 
Well, I'm going to pretend you didn't just say that because, you know, I'm a Giants fan, so Julio is the second coming of Jerry Rice. Um, or not Julio, Odell. God, now you got me saying it. But <laughs> is there – all right, so you're spending those big on those two guys. Who's your Who's your third guy? Because it takes three in DK, right? I play FanDuel usually. And yeah. I know you can. Right. So, yeah. who, what are you doing with your third? What are you doing with your third slot for this week? Well, I mean, look no further than San Diego. You got Malcolm Floyd going on down there, and you've got our buddy Stevie Johnson and Dontrell uh, Inman. So, all those guys, thirty-five hundred and less. So, it's, it's pretty easy to fit any one of those three in. Um, Stevie Johnson and uh, Malcolm Floyd are definitely in the mix this week for sure. Yeah, I mean, I gotta say, I feel bad for. Um, Phil Rivers out there. It's like he got Gates back, and then Gates got hurt. Keenan Allen looked like a two-year version of himself, and he's hurt. Uh, he just cannot win right now with the uh, players. But that seems like a good good option. The guy we were uh, – I'm a huge fan of and has saved a few of my regular season-long seasons and probably has saved Minnesota season as well. Stefan Diggs, and I know you said he was pretty cheap this week too. Um, what was fifty in the low yeah, 50, 5,300 on uh, <clears throat> on DraftKings? He, he's getting up there. Um, it's, he'll be interesting this week. They they do play St. Louis. So St. Louis does come to Minnesota, so since or St. Louis isn't as good on the road. But uh, I, I think you know we're going to see we're going to see what Teddy Bridgewater is all about there uh, this week. He's going to get some can get some pass rush. I don't know, man. The play that Diggs scored on last week, just a horrible tackling by the by the Bears, and he shook one guy, and then nobody else was like, "I oh, forget it. We'll just let him score." So <laughs> well, I, I don't know. We got better defense this week, so I'll be interested to see how Diggs plays out. I mean, with me, uh, just because I, you know, I write the rookie report every Monday. If you're not reading it, you shouldn't, because it's awesome. But um just looking at like the the receptions and the targets over the last like three or four weeks, he's the only guy they try to throw the ball to, and uh, well, that isn't always great because defenses know where to uh, obviously shift their coverage and you know load up on whatever side he's on. Like last week, I think he had six or seven catches. The next guy had two, uh, mm-hmm. and that's that's not a one week thing. That's happened like two or three of the last weeks. So. I'm just sort of even if he can't get in the end zone, does get a ton of yards for 5,300 uh, bucks and getting 10, 12 targets because I doubt anybody else is going to be able to get open because they weren't able to get open against yeah. the Bears. Just you know maybe if you you take the all right, he's not going to get the touchdown, the yards, but you sort of make up for a little bit with the um, uh, receptions. So that's my thought process. And I mean the guy's a freak athlete. Coming out of high school, he, I think he was the number one recruiter, number one receiving recruit, and decided to go to Maryland, which probably didn't help his stock too much. But that's a guy that uh, I'm pretty high on. Um, but that's just because I picked him up like four weeks ago, and I love my sleepers. Um, so we figured out who you're using this week. Uh, is there anything you're sort of, you know, any trends you've seen going through this season that uh, – you know, like like how I said, oh, I think the pass catching running backs are undervalued. Anything like that that you've sort of uh, noticed this season that you care to share with us, uh, novices? Um, you know, I guess uh, 
you're, you're right on the running backs. I, I mean, if you want to look at seasonal a little bit, it, it's one of those deals where if you have if you have five on your roster, you don't have any. I mean, there's really three or four guys that you just you have to have. Gurley and Freeman are are right there. Adrian Peterson maybe, and then after that, who is it? Uh, you know, I've, I look at this a little bit more seemingly than I do daily because daily, you know, we're, we're all talking about Darren McFadden. Realistically, nobody was talking about him in week four of the season. Um, I agree. I mean, if you don't if you don't have a top tier running back right now, you're you're scrambling every week. You're like, oh, can I trade Julio Jones? Can I trade Can I trade Odell Beckham for? You know, can I get him for Devontae Freeman? Because you don't have anybody. And I think that's that's what you really got to look at. It's it's the same thing with the tight end situation. It's Rob Gronkowski. All right, I'll throw you Gary Barnage, and then what happens after that? We don't know. I mean, I put Tyler Eifert in there, but uh, sure. But still, it is. It's been a very strange season, and I feel like sometimes when I'm building out a lineup, I have like a good amount of money left because I've taken you know a Gary Barnage and a um, Lance Dunbar on Dallas before he got hurt, and a Deion Lewis before he broke out really, and that's like only like fifteen grand right there, and it's like oh, mm-hmm. I've got. 6500 to spend on my third receiver. It's like, well, you know, I kind of like these cheaper guys. Um, right. You know, you shouldn't leave money on the table. I mean, unless it's like 100 bucks at the end. But actually, what is the most money you would leave on the table? Because I tend to, like, if uh, I have three or $400 and I've built the lineup I really like, I kind of get panicky and I go back and, you know, I bump up my, my second receiver or my second running back. Do you... Do you mind leaving three hundred, four hundred bucks on the on the table? Or are you spending it all? Um, no, typically, I mean, a lot of it is how you feel and what contest you're in. But I, typically, anything under five, I I don't have a problem with. Um, you know, there's there's guys like, for example, um, I was looking at the quarterbacks, and there's a five hundred dollar discrepancy to the next year. Well, you're not gonna, you know, you you start you start thinking and start thinking too much. All of a sudden, you. you you know, you you basically wrecked your lineup because you're overthinking the process. Um, you know, for example, Ben Roethlisberger is 6,600 this week on on DraftKings, and Cam Newton 69. Well, you might leave 300 bucks on the table just to you know to have Roethlisberger and Brown. That's sometimes this is the way it goes. Hmm. Never thought about it like that. But that's pretty interesting because yeah. I see I would have I would have taken that extra 300 and be like, oh, I'll take Cam Newton. Even though I have Antonio Brown, like that's that would just been my move because I, right. you know, I come from the world of uh, auction drafting, and I know one of the things you're not supposed to do in season long auction drafting is have any money left. You're supposed to spend it all, and I mean, like if I have money to blow, I'm going to spend it. Um, so that's probably a thing that I'll have to break in my mind because um, I tend to just take what I've whatever lineup I have, I put it together, and then I'll usually leave a you know, a flex spot or the third receiver, or maybe the second running back, and just see what money I have left, and I look through, um, like, prices and try to find a price and a guy like can fix it and match it up that way, which, you know, now saying it out loud doesn't seem like the best option. You, know, you probably should find the guys who you think are going to produce the most and, and then figure out the prices afterward. But um, right. we'll see. Um, all right, so moving to this week a little more. Which game do you think has the uh, the highest potential for just 
to be basically giant saints of last week. You think we have anything where just, you know, every the rising tide lifts all boats sort of thing this week? Um, it's easy to say New England, so I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go to the Monday nighter, and I'm going to say San Diego and Chicago, two brutal teams top to bottom, duking it out for I don't know what. But the, it, it, it's got an over-under of 50. At least it did this morning. I haven't looked this evening yet. But it had an over-under of 50, which is the second highest total of the day. Um, Jeremy Langford is in play, who is a lofty uh, $3,200 on DraftKings. So, I mean, value city there. San Diego receivers are in Value City. Uh, sorry, Jeremy Langford is 4000 still. Uh, you know, tomorrow at that point. But I, that's the game I'm looking at. And I know it's crazy. I know it's out there. But I, uh, I'll i be focusing on that game with a couple of guys. Yeah, I think uh, that definitely is a good possibility of blowing up this week. Um, I don't know. I just – I. I got to think at some point some of these San Diego players are going to just sort of, I mean, besides falling, falling apart, just does not produce. Uh, I would normally have said the Cowboys-Eagles game, um, but, I mean, the Eagles have not looked like they're, you know, past selves, and the Cowboys don't have a quarterback. I mean, they played really tough in Seattle last week, but I, I don't think Matt Castle can get you guys too many too many points. Um Hmm. Yeah. No. No. And that's where Derek McFadden's going to be great. This, you know, this week they're going to throw him out of the backfield. I, mean, it's, I like McFadden. Yes, and I, th- I think the whole world likes McFadden. You know what? Is that something you've seen a lot of this year? Where it's just um, since there have been so many injuries that these like cheap matchup-based guys who are filling in, like D'Angelo Williams in Week One and Two, or, or Jeremy Langford and Derek McFadden this week. Like, have you? Have you? seeing that more people are playing these situational guys because they are so cheap and they're getting reps. Um, yeah. Have you seen a lot of that this year? Yeah, you, you know what the the thing is, and and uh, I guess, I don't know, I, I watched Todd Gurley throughout his college uh, career pretty heavily, and the minute that that guy, you know, we all kind of forget about that nobody really rostered him against Arizona when he went nuts in the second half. A solid week on DraftKings, he was like forty five hundred bucks or five thousand bucks, and his ownership percentage was through the roof. Last week, it was like at forty percent on FanDuel on the Thursday night contest, and he was only like sixty three hundred dollars. So, I mean, he he's the one guy that I think people are just going to pay up for, and who cares? Yeah, it, it's been crazy like that. Though so you wait this week, if Langford's going to be heavily owned, D'Angelo Williams, who is in, who's up there a little bit, he's going to be heavily owned. But it'll be interesting. So then who are the uh, expensive running backs? Is it just Peterson, Gurley, and Freeman, and then everything else drops off like a landslide? Like, a, does anybody cost, like, yeah. 7000 Or is it just 9000 and then, like, three thirty five hundred? Yeah, it's funny that you say that because Freeman, Freeman's the highest at 8000 and then And then here we go. It's Le'Veon Bell, who you're not playing. It's Adrian Peterson at 73, it's Gurley at 69, and then it becomes Matt Forte and Mark Ingram. So you're right. It, 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 after Adrian Peterson, it goes from 7,300 to 6,900. So and then it just falls down from there. That is that is that like middle ground for the running backs. Just always like picking my second running back this year, or before I started, you know, just using Woodhead or uh, Deion Lewis. I found I didn't really get anything out of it. I was always 
just like it's like I feel like it's a very no man's land ish place for running backs. So it's like not first tier, but not the cheap guys. It's just hard to uh to pick any of them out, but God that mm-hmm. I mean I like I said I didn't play last week, so my understanding of I I saw it going that way. It's just sort of like the haves and the have nots or the expenses and the cheaps. But it's nuts that that's what the uh, running back situation has come to. Uh, yeah, I mean, what, three or four years ago, we're, we're all talking about, oh, you've got to get a number one running back or you can forget it. Now it's the zero RB theory and to some extent yeah. zero QB theory. Yeah, it's the, the quarterback thing really has surprised me this year just because, you know, obviously every year there's some guys who play better than they had the year prior. Um, but with, like, Andy Dalton and Carson Palmer, Bortles, Derek Carr, it really seems like just everybody is just lighting it up. Maybe it's, you know, passing league. And sort of since nobody really has a running back anymore, they just want to uh, throw it. But I do not know. Um, on to – let's just end this one up a little bit with uh, some talk on the other side of the ball, the defenses. Um, any uh, – any teams that have been pleasantly surprising to you for uh, the season so far, besides, you know, the Broncos of the world? Yeah, it's, it's funny you say that because um, far, I mean, I know what you, you see on the screen, but we all, and by the screen, I mean computer screen when you're looking at <laughs> defensive rankings, but um, the Denver Broncos this week in DraftKings are, are only $3,000. Um, just to put that into perspective, the Packers, Bengals, Panthers, Vikings, and Jets are all more expensive than them. So uh, there's going to be a ton of usage on the Broncos. And, look, I mean, I know Andrew Luck did what he did in the fourth quarter, and it broke my heart going into overtime. But Denver is not Carolina. And it's going to be it's going to be gross out there for uh, Mr. Andrew Luck this week. Yeah, poor Andrew Luck, man. So many people were so high on him. Now he's uh, – if he is hurt – that's horrible for any fantasy owner. But the Broncos, that's, that seems like a good pick. They're just so good. And I feel like half the time I look at, you know, you know the, the scores on my phone or something and the Broncos have points, there's a good chance the defense were the ones that scored it. And, uh, with man, those, those edge rushers, so Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware, like I really think Luck's not looking forward to this game, and especially because they beat them in the playoffs last year. I'm sure the Broncos would want a uh, – Nice revenge game there. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say, before this last week's games, I would have said something like, oh, I really like the Giants against the, the Buccaneers because the Giants have been good at turning the other team over and, you know, returning those. I think they've had a few return touchdowns this year. Then they gave up, like, 50 points to Drew Brees, so that throws that into a tailspin. Um, Rams versus Vikings – Probably a pretty nice one, just because, like we said before, Teddy Bridgewater really hasn't had a ton of uh, pressure. They haven't really been tested. But I don't know. Picking right. picking defenses is kind of a tricky thing. I tend to go – I just sort of pick against the offense. Um, and is that sort of how you take come, come into these things? Yeah, it is. But, you know, the thing that I look at is who's your, who's your kick returner? And, uh, do you, you know, like you alluded to, do you do you pick six? I mean, the Eagles, for all their shortcomings, they Darren Sproles returns their kicks and defensively look. I know what the scores end up being, but they're not horrible as far as the scoring defense goes. They score, 
Um, because God knows Sam Bradford doesn't want to do it. So <laughs> they have to. Yeah. But and I mean, I, I, do, this I week, do like I do like the Eagles defense. Yeah, especially this week with, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they're going to stick with Castle, and he's been pretty turnover prone. Um, they go to Whedon, he's equally turnover prone. And they've got, like, what, two running backs now instead of the four they used to have? Uh, mm-hmm. They're going to have to throw at some point, and I'm sure the Eagles will be more than happy to uh, jump on that. But it's not a lot of great ones looking looking around here. Maybe the Bengals versus the Browns on Thursday night. Um, I know some people yeah. don't use Thursday night players because of the, the quick turnaround. What's, what do you do with Thursday night players? You you keep them in your lineup, or you sort of just stick with the, the guys on full rest? Well, I, I'm sure you've probably heard the the rumblings about how Thursday night is treated on daily. But a lot of what a lot of guys do is they they tend to overuse players just so they have some run on Thursday night. Like you know, last week was not a good example because of, because the Patriots. But two weeks ago, when it was the 49ers and the Seahawks, I mean, guys are loading up on Russell Wilson and. Tyler Lockett and Tyler Lockett ended up being okay that game, but I, I mean, and Thomas Rawls and Marshawn Lynch. I mean, you can get you can use that to your advantage because guys are basically saying, "Hey, I just want to load up on this game, and I don't care what happens because guess what? I'm on the leaderboard for 72 hours, and I can show my girlfriend that I might win ten thousand dollars, and that might be the end of it." Um, <laughs> that is so well, dumb. I, <laughs> I know, and I don't know why it happens, but you know, this is one of those weeks where, and I, and I put it in my article. I'm going to stay off of Thursday. I know the Bengals are high-powered, a short week against a, you know, another division game, and I think the Steelers kind of beat up on them. I mean, not on the scoreboard, but just from a physical standpoint, the game was very yeah. physical last week. Yeah, definitely. And and I just I just think this is one of those weeks where I look if you know, I, I think the Bengals are going to win, but it might be you know it might be 26-13, and it could be very defensive, and it might be a kick return here and there, or field goal field goal battle and I'm staying off of it and letting everybody else jump on A.J. Green and Andy Dalton. Yeah, I've never been a fan of the Thursday nights just because with only four days to really, like, prepare and then play again, one team's going to be sloppy. Usually both teams are sloppy. You're not really getting, like, I know last year we there was that one Atlanta Falcons game where they won, like, 49-7 to or something like that. Mm-hmm. Not, not often do you get that. So uh, Thursday nights have never been a, a thing I've enjoyed when it comes to daily, but, um, all right, we'll end on this. Any, uh, if you can give us one tip for this week, uh, what's your, um, what's your best player? What's your best one tip? tip? Uh, Broncos defense. And I can't preach enough how important bankroll management is going to be this week with all the value plays out there. It's going to, you know, it, it's hard to get caught up with, uh, Oh yeah, I can fit in. I can fit in the top three receivers if I just play, you know, Jeremy Langford and Malcolm Floyd. And I well, it's hard to get caught up in that. But this is one of those weeks where you need to exercise bankroll management because there's not a lot of teams playing, and you think your odds are great. But the less teams that are playing, the more, the higher the ownership. So it's easy to get caught up in that kind of stuff. Well, that's good because I would have done just that this week. So thank you for that. Uh, Levi, it's always a pleasure talking daily fantasy football with you. Um, I'll do another month or so. We'll bring you back on for the let's see how you know the next four or five weeks go and uh, get ready for the end of the season. But thank you as always for coming in and talking some daily fantasy and you know giving me some nice tips that I can use besides all our listeners. So um, why don't you? Okay, 
shout out to your Twitter and, you know, what day your article comes out, and then we'll uh, get you out of here. Yeah, the uh, once again, Twitter handle is at Surf, and that's T-H-E-L-E-V-I-S-E-R-F. And uh, usually Thursday morning, that article will pop in there. So, um, you know, last week we kind of, Kind of ate it big with Ryan uh, Fitzmagic's going down early in the game, yeah. but hey, that's why we keep playing. Exactly, Levi. Thank you again. We'll uh, have to bring you back in soon. And to all you listeners, thank you. We'll be back next week, same time, same channel. Uh, until then, I hope your daily lineups go well. Catch you later. <laughs>